Welcome to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 774. I found the baths early on, by which I mean I was pointedly directed there by Vachet with instructions to wash off my barbarian stink. They were a marvel, a sprawling stone building built on the top of what I guessed was either a natural hot spring or some marvelously engineered plumbing. There were large rooms full of water and small rooms full of steam, rooms with deep pools for soaking and rooms with great brass tubs for scrubbing. There was even one room with a pool big enough for swimming. All through the building, the Adam mingled without any regard for age, gender, or state of undress. This doesn't surprise me nearly as much as it would have a month ago, but it still took a great deal of getting used to. At first, I found it hard not to stare at the breasts of the naked women. Then when some of that novelty faded, I found it hard not to stare at the scars that crossed the bodies of mercenaries. It was easy to tell who had taken the red, even when their clothes were off. Rather than fight my urge to gawk, I found it easier to go early in the morning or late at night, when the baths were largely empty. Coming and going at odd hours wasn't difficult, as there was no lock on the door. It was open at all hours for anyone to use. Soap and candles and towels were available for the taking. The baths, Fashet told me, were maintained by the school. I found the smithy by following the noise of ringing iron. The man working there was pleasantly talkative. He was glad to show me his tools and tell me the names for them in Edemic. Once I knew to look, I saw there were signs above the doors of the stores, pieces of wood carved or painted to show what was sold inside. Bread, herbs, barrel staves. None of the signs had words, which was fortunate for me, as I had no idea how to read Edemic. I visited an apothecary where I was told I was not welcome, and a tailor where I was greeted warmly. I spent some of the three royals I'd stolen to buy two new sets of clothes, as those I had with me were showing their miles. I bought shirts and pants in muted colors after the local fashion, hoping they might help me fit in just a little better. I also spent many hours watching the sword tree. At first I did this under Vachette's direction, but before long I found myself drawn back when I had time of my own to spend. Its motions were hypnotic, comforting. At times it seemed the branches wrote against the sky, spelling the name of the wind. True to her word, Vachette found me a sparring partner. Her name is Selean, Vachette told me over breakfast. Your first meeting will be at the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. Oh, right. There's no Nick. Right. <laughs> I was like waiting. <laughs> Just us chickens. Indeed. Uh, also, this this page gives me the feeling where I like I have a tiny scream inside because um, because it's talking about the sword tree and I definitely this is like something that I feel like I would have like sort of picked up on my first read, but like after the way that we read this book, like the tiny voice inside me that screams is like very obvious. Um, Why does it scream? Because because it goes, oh my god, the name of the wind and the sword tree, holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it's screaming. That's that's what it that's what it says. Indeed, indeed. This is uh one of those moments we love where the characters in the in the movie or the narration in the book says the name of the book in the in the thing itself. Uh we, we love to see it. Yep. It's great. It's but also, time. as you have pointed out, it's drawing a a connection between what the sword tree is doing and Kvothe's search for, for naming. And like, it feels, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess magical, but not sympathetic. 
like in the in the in the sympathy terms of of this book and the magic terms of this book it feels magical that he is drawn back to the tree because naming feels more magic than sympathy yes yes i agree it's like it's like the name of the wind wants him to call it mm you think so yes always remember frodo the ring wants to be found <laughs> yes <laughs> the name of the wind wants to be found that's right i mean maybe maybe it does maybe it does um i also have to point out because nick is not here uh, that kvoth has added two sets of adem clothing to his inventory so mark oh, yeah, those, right. mark those boxes it. off I know that I know that the tailor has to be friendly in order for him to get clothing. But the first thing I thought when it was like, oh, the, the tailor's friendly. And I'm like, I wonder if this one has a not dead son, too, <laughs> except for that was a cobbler. <laughs> but he got he got stuff that is clothing ish from them. So whatever. <laughs> yes, Jordana, every every humble shopkeep in Tamarant has a Schrodinger son who is. <laughs> both alive and dead until they say something about it. They're actually just not dead. Are they though? Yeah, they're not dead. Hmm. Only, only, uh, I'm going to use, a, I'm going to use one of your words. Only rubes like you don't know that they're not dead. Did I did use you? the word rubes correctly? Yeah, if you meant to insult me, then yes, yes. you did. Correct. Wonderful. Fantastic. I will have I'm my so vengeance pleased. on you. You will rue the day you slandered me thus, Jordan. Oh, so the rube is ruing now? <laughs> no, you! You're the rube! You'll be ruing! <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I really like the the description of the public baths because it feels a little Super bit... Super Roman? I mean, yes, but it also could be like Scandinavian, right? Like it's oh, not yeah. like Roman is the thing that leaps to mind most immediately, but that's like right afterwards. And yeah, well, when they say big stone building, it makes me think Roman bath. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, it's like it's built, but so many of their buildings are built. But the different into... pools feels very Scandinavian. Yeah, and we know that the Adam build their buildings like into and around the landscape. So it's possible that it's just built around as he says, a natural hot spring and that, that the, that the pools, they didn't have to do much to make them, but it's also worth mentioning that this is considered a public good. Everyone gets to use it. It's not locked. You don't have to pay. It's just there for anybody to use whenever they want. Yep. I love it. I love mm. this concept. Bring me this bath. That's right. <laughs> I wish for it to exist we, here. Like, yeah, it's basically like a little spa because they have like a steam room. They have like, you know, a soaking tub. I mean, to be fair, I very much enjoy the free community pool that is in my neighborhood. And it has all of those things. It has a small room with steam in it. It has a large swimming pool and it has a hot tub. But it doesn't sound as great as this sounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the other hand, the 8M facility does not have a Tarzan rope or a water slide. So, Oh, that's know. a different community pool than the one I was thinking of. But yeah, you're correct. It does not have a Tarzan rope or water slide like the community pool that is the other community pool. And there's only one of them in, in, in this area, whereas there's two of them in mine. So I suppose I am spoiled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also think it's nice that Quoth makes friends with a a smith because he does seem he likes working with his hands and he has I feel like 
that would be an easy in for Quoth because Quoth has also worked in a smithy, like in the in the fishery. I feel like he's doing a lot of similar kind of stuff. So he'd probably have some kind of baseline for understanding what the smith is doing and be able to strike up a conversation with him that way. Yes. I think it's nice that Quoth can make friends despite his clear barbarianisms. Yeah, and it's it's also showing that like the town is coming to accept him more, right? There's only one place where he was like obviously turned away from. Everyone else was happy to at least like chat with him and take his money. Yep. And I wonder if that's because he's a student at the school and like his teacher is a prominent person. And I mean, it's was... also possible that maybe the community was not as uh, prejudiced towards him as he might have previously thought. It's possible that just what he'd run into had been very prejudiced. Yeah, or it's possible that the school is prejudiced against him, like people at the school, because that's where he's taking all his meals yeah. at the school. Like no one's sitting with him, but the townsfolk at large just like don't know much about him because he's a barbarian but they're not like they don't have an animus towards him. Mm -hmm. I guess they don't get a lot of tourists. No, I don't think they do. I don't think, I don't think foreigners are allowed in, in Adam most of the time. I feel like that's not implicit. No, it's explicit. Really? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, they're isolationist. They're like, they don't want people coming around. They let tinkers come to town, but inherit. They, I don't think that they like. I don't think that they normally let foreigners come to Herit. Oh, I don't remember where this was written in the book. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll find something that. Uh, I require concrete more. evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should appreciate that. You're nope. the concrete evidence person. That's true. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say on this page. Do you want to get to a letter? Uh, yeah, no. Let's do, let's do some mail. Mailbag. All right. We're digging back into Mr. Mailbag. This message is from Sarah from London on the subject of different taboos. Sarah writes, I'm agnostic from a Catholic background. My husband is Muslim. And although he's not particularly strictly observant, the idea of eating pork is not just forbidden. It is repugnant. For him, it is akin to eating human flesh and the thought of it makes him physically sick. I also think Rothfuss has written this so well, so it invites much thought and comparison. Sarah from London. So I think that letter was referring to just like in general when we were talking about cultural taboos, the way the Adam have a cultural taboo about music. I think that's the comparison. Uh, And uh, thank you for sharing that, Sarah. That's very apt. Similarly, uh, I have friends who are vegetarian and who have been vegetarian their whole lives. And... They don't have a problem with like me eating meat, but the thought of them meeting, eating meat is like gross. And they also don't like vegetarian foods that are made to have the, to mimic the taste and texture of meat, which is what I think a lot of uh, carnivores who convert to vegetarianism want, but actual vegetarians just like, I don't like that. That idea is gross to me. I want something that tastes and looks like a plant, not a meat. I never really thought of like, how like uh like vegetarianism is sort of like a like a cultural thing in a similar way to how religions are cultural things but i didn't like see the connection like i do all of a sudden right now very interesting you're welcome yes thank you for this insight and listeners you can be welcome on tomorrow's page uh 
و... Oui. Oui.